the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We actually just finished 2 Thessalonians, and as I said, now we're going to go backwards. Instead of proceeding to 1 Timothy, we're actually going to begin in Romans. And you remember when we started this little expositional journey together, we actually started in Ephesians. And that's a good place to start for a young church, a young fellowship. That's where I believe the Lord led us. But here's the thing, guys. It doesn't matter where we go in the Word of God. As long as we make Jesus the focus and we have our hearts and ears open to hear what he has to say in his word, it doesn't matter where we go. There's a little bit of a pattern in the Paulian epistles. In Ephesians, Paul speaks of the mystery of Christ's church. It's about doctrine. It's about instruction. Philippians deals with uh, reproof for practical failure. And Colossians deals with correction for doctrinal error. And then First and Second Thessalonians, which we just finished, is actually what he wrote first. But it deals with the mystery of Christ's coming. And then we're going to start in Romans. And in Romans, Paul is introducing the mystery of the cross, and the pattern continues. Romans is about doctrine and instruction. First and Second Corinthians is reproof for practical failure, and Galatians is correction for doctrinal error. So we're actually going to follow that pattern, because that's what Paul did. So turn with me to the book of Romans, and we're going to start in the first four verses of the first chapter. And by way of introduction, Romans was written by Paul when he was in Corinth. And it was toward the end of his third missionary journey, probably somewhere between the 56 56 and 57 A.D. that he wrote this. In it, Paul is going to introduce the truths of grace. Now get this, to a people he's never met. These are not acquaintances of his. This letter is not just a letter of reacquaintance. This is literally a letter of Paul introducing himself to these people and presenting his credentials to these people to some degree. Read with me verses uh, 1 through 4, chapter 1. From Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, called to be an apostle, a special messenger set apart to preach the gospel good news of and from God, 
which he promised in advance long ago through his prophets in the sacred scriptures. The gospel regarding his son, who was as to the flesh, his, his human nature, was descended from David, and as to his divine nature, according to the spirit of holiness, was openly designated the Son of God in power, in a striking, triumphant, and miraculous manner by his resurrection from the dead. Even Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And as I said before, Paul's never met these people, so I want you to notice that in the beginning here, this part of the introduction, Paul does not seek to identify himself according to the flesh. Notice that everything that Paul says about himself, he identifies himself with Jesus. And as I said before, to know Paul was to know Jesus. Now this is the fruit of a life that is completely given over to the truth. If you begin to yield yourself to the work of God in you, you will find that it is impossible to share your life with someone without sharing his life. It's impossible not to be a ministry because that is the force and the dynamic and the truth of who you are. And that's what's true of Paul. Paul didn't just say, oh, you know, I, by the way, I attend church down at uh, First Jerusalem. No. What Paul did was Paul presented himself as a missionary of the gospel. He presented himself as literally the testimony of the gospel in person, in flesh, as Jesus presented himself as the testimony of the Father when he walked the earth. In the first part of this, you'll see, by the way it's written, that what you're seeing is Galatians 2.20 in reality. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, Paul speaking. I have been crucified with Christ, in Him I have shared His crucifixion. It's no longer I. Let me introduce you to Paul, but it's no longer I... But Christ the Messiah lives in me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah who lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, what you're looking at, I live by faith in, by adherence to, and reliance on, and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That reliance, that trust, that is, a, that is living by faith in the truth of who I am. That is the expression of my life. Paul's determination is Christ. Paul's message is Christ. Paul's very physical existence is completely given over to the life of Christ. Now, do you think these people have any trouble recognizing Paul's agenda or knowing what Paul's about? And when you are, when you are literally walking in that truth and allowing that truth to be manifest in your life, people are not looking for your angle. They can see it. They know it. The truth is that Paul so literally yielded his life with Christ's life that he felt like for him to have any credibility as a minister, to have any credibility as a preacher, you needed to know the Christ within him. That was his bona fides. That was his credentials. But you know, Paul's not any different than us. 
We look at this, and I've read off that Paul was literally identified him with him in every way, but it's not any different than the way Christ would have us live. And you know what? We look at Paul's life, and we see the difficulties and the trials, and we think, well, you know, Paul had a real tough time. I'm not sure I want to go down that road. But the life that God has predestined, in, in effect, called you to, is literally a life that is so immersed in his life that no one can see the difference. That no one can see the difference in you. And you know what? Here's the thing. If your life is so yielded in that way, if it's so given in that way, then the will of God is literally in complete agreement with your will, and your will is in agreement with the will of God. That's the way we live. Paul had so identified himself with Christ, it's no longer Paul, but Christ. That is the way of life that reflects Paul's identity. It's lived by faith. In verse 1, Paul introduces himself as a bondservant. That is a position that the Romans could relate to, because at the time that Paul wrote this letter, there were about one million inhabitants in Rome, and a great many of them were slaves. The Romans had picked up some of the, they had what they, what we call Greco-Roman philosophy in life, and that is that if there was work to be done, you needed a slave to do it so you could be free to, to pursue the higher things, like standing around philosophizing, uh, self-indulgence. That's basically what it was about. Their freedom was all about themselves, and they used the slaves to to do everything else. The truth is that Rome was expanded by Roman armies, but Rome was literally built by slaves. So when Paul identifies himself as a bondservant, they recognize what he's talking about. Bondservant in the Greek is the word doulos, which comes from the root word deo, which means to bind. It's primary meaning describes one who is bound to another. Paul is a servant bound by choice to Jesus. No longer a slave bound to sin or Satan or man or even the law of Moses, but bound to Jesus and his life. The Mosaic law provided for an indentured servant to to voluntarily become a permanent bond slave to his master to a master that he loved. In Exodus 21, verses 5 and 6, it says, But if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go free. Verse 6, Then his master shall bring him to God, the judges and his agents. He shall bring him to the door or doorpost and shall pierce his ear with an awe and he shall serve him for life. Now isn't that an interesting picture? That the servant literally gives his life and is pierced in order to be bound for life to someone. Do you see Jesus in that? He literally gave his life in order to be bound inseparably with your life. He was pierced for that purpose. And here's the thing, the choice is made in love. Jesus looks towards you and says, I will not be separated from them. I will not be separated from her. I will not be separated from him. And he binds his life to you, and you choose whether or not to walk in the truth of that union. You choose. 
But in, from his perspective, you are bound in love for life, for eternity, for an unending time. We were made to serve, really. That's how God made us. He made us, literally, to be the servant, or the slave, if you will, of another. In our humanity, we'll either be a slave to sin, Satan and the world, or Christ. But here's the thing, guys. Only one of them is voluntary. You're born in slavery to sin. But you choose. You choose to be bound to Christ in love. And you know what? That is the point of new birth for you. That when you choose Him, He has chosen you, and you too, you are bound to Him in love. But to participate, you don't just choose once. You choose every day. I know I married my wife at a specific time. I married my wife on a specific day. But now, I choose to live in the truth of that marriage. Every day, I choose to live in the truth of that marriage. I choose to participate in the truth of that marriage. I can pretend like I'm not married. That won't change anything. That's the reality for you too. And that Christ has literally bound you to himself at a specific time. You came in union with him, but you still choose. It's actually a paradox that man enters into freedom by giving up his life and receiving the life of Christ. We can't escape choice. We either remain the slave of sin or by choice we become the bondservant out of love with Christ. Matthew 6.24, one preachers love to preach, says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to the one and despise and be against the other. Look at the contrast between the two. You cannot serve God and mammon, deceitful riches, money, possession, or whatever you might trust in apart from Christ. You can't serve it. Now you can choose, and here's an interesting thing, you can always tell the choices people have made. You can tell the choice you've made. Let me ask you some questions. Does your master allow you to rest? Are you resting? Does your master nurture you? Does your master heal your wounds? Do you find joy in his presence or fear? You know, this is not just about money. This is about where you've chosen to put your life, to live out your life. Who's your master? I want to tell you something. If you're full of anxiety, if you're full of fear, if you're full of selfish agendas, and if you're full of of your own ideas and your own thoughts, if you're full of all manner of distractions, guess what? You've chosen the wrong master. Paul said you're the slave of the one you choose to serve. And in practice, that's true. And you know, the sad thing is, is that if you choose to be a slave to those things, you will never, ever, ever be able to rest in them. It won't be natural for you. It won't suit you. It won't work for you. There are two thoughts in that word, bondservant. One is that the servant is purchased, and second, that he is self-surrendered. Paul served in obedience knowing that he had been bought with a price. 
1 Corinthians 6.20, Paul says, You were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made His own. So then, honor God and bring glory to Him in your body. How do we do that? By yielding to His life. By living in the truth that He is our life. 1 Peter 1.19 But you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ, the Messiah, like that of a sacrificial lamb without blemish or spot. Paul had ceased to live for himself and now lives only for Christ, who purchased Paul with his blood. Paul was a servant of Christ, and a servant is not so much one who has devoted himself to another's interest, to the total disregard of his own interest. A true servant is one who has made another's interest his own. Did you get that? A true servant is one who's made another interest his own. That's your choice. You know, we so often divide these things, and that's where the war comes in. The war comes in when it says, I have my interest, and then there's God's interest. I have my plan, and then there's God's plan. But the reality of it is, is there's just one plan for the child of God. How you participate in that plan is clearly up to you. But there is no separation whether you want to divide in your soul between the truth of who you are and the truth of who God made you to be. That is your choice to do so. But when you do, you literally tear yourself asunder in your living. Nothing that you enter into will be complete for you. We need to understand that the blessings of God are in Christ and apart from Him, there is no blessing. We've learned that a free nation without Christ is not free. That a marriage without Christ is not union. And that truth without Christ is not truth at all. It's a lie. The reality and the blessings of all things that we would care to take upon ourselves, the things, the very things that we think that we seek for our own ends, those things that we run after, literally, if they have any blessing in them at all, if they have any benefit, if they have any good, if they have any light, if they are not literally death and poison to you, then that must be in Christ. Because everything you pull unto yourself apart from Him will take life from you. But everything that you enter into, whether it be hardship or prosperity, everything that you enter into with Him will be life to you. Because He is life. That's the truth of thanksgiving. If you are a servant, if your will by nature is yielded to another will, How many times, the truth is, let me ask you this, how many times have you regretted obedience? Have you ever thought about that? How many times have you literally regretted being obedient to the Lord? Well, frankly, I can't think of one. Now, I know I'm not 100 years old, but I'm, you know, well past 50 now. I can't think of a single decision that I have made in obedience to Him that I have regretted. Not one. You know why that is? Because obedience is life to me. Obedience is the true expression of who I am. Let me ask you this. Does a child see learning to walk as being imposed on him? 
He is walking in obedience to His nature. That's why He's walking. If you're a child of God, you have a new nature, and you are in union with the will of God. Obedience for you should be natural, not something that's imposed on you, but literally something that, that works out the truth within you. He says in Galatians 1.15, he says, But when he, speaking of Christ, who had chosen me and set me apart, even before I was born, he called me by his grace, his undeserved favor and blessing. God chose Paul, and then Paul chose God. But in truth, their wills were in concert. You have been called by God, every one of you. He chose you before you chose Him. He has set a path before you that is designed to grow you into all that He has called you to be. Do you recognize that? You may think that you have a path. You have to set a path for your design and for your direction. I want to tell you something. When God puts an inclination in your heart, when He guides you down a specific path, know this. Regardless of where that path goes, regardless of how it twists and turns, regardless of how many times you make a mistake, regardless of how many times you fall, you are called of God and you are in His plan. Do you recognize that? The question is whether or not you're going to participate. Paul wants them to know that he is called of God. He is called. And in verse 1 he says, I am called to be an apostle set apart to preach the gospel, the good news of and from God. Set apart. Now this is an interesting word. When Paul was a Pharisee, he had been set apart by men for the traditions and the laws and the things of that particular sect. That's what he was set apart for, and he was set apart by himself and by man. But listen, you have been set apart by God himself, and you have been set apart unto him. You have been called unto him, unto his life and unto his expression. We as the children of God have been set apart unto him, but often we live as though we've been joined to the world, and how we've been set apart is interpreted by the world. It's interpreted by our circumstance. It's interpreted by our own simple perception. No. We've been set apart unto him, and we've been set apart by his own choice and his path for us. We should not judge but enter into obedience in. We should not designate, but yield to his purpose in it. If I say, not my will, but thy will be done, and we go forward, we will always go forward not knowing, but we will always go forward recognizing that we are walking in the plan of God, by the will of God. That's the confidence that's the assurance. Do I want affirmation from men to, to tell me that I've been called from God? Is that what you want? Is that what you're looking for in life? Let something in this life, in this circumstances around me, let it tell me that I am significant. Let it tell me that I have been called of God. And the thing I love about the way God has called us is that He has set everything by Himself. He has entered into a covenant with you and he says, you are mine because I have chosen you and you will choose me and you did choose him by your own free will. And he says, I'm going to love you because you are mine. And you know what? 
We have loved Him, but we loved Him because He loved us first and His love is within us. And He says, you will walk in My path and I have set a place for you. And you know what? We don't understand or can see the path. We don't see the center yellow line. We don't understand where the path is going. But we go forward in obedience and to the degree that we affirm the truth that God is sovereign and He is love, to the degree that we yield ourselves to the reality that He is directing our life, we participate in the plan of God. We recognize that He has set all things by Himself, not by the fickled will of man or fate, but by Himself. And He said it in eternity. And Paul is literally writing this letter to these people and he says, I am an apostle by the will of God. I have been chosen by the will of God. My life is in Christ by the will of God. It's who I am. It's interesting, I heard this taught many years ago, and that is that you know, most people, they come forward with an identity, and they want you to accept the identity. Isn't that, isn't that true? Well, I'm Dr. So-and-so. Well, I have such-and-such business. Well, I do this and the other, you know, and we, we create titles for ourselves to kind of help move it up because we know, we believe that that's how we're received in accordance to our identity, and it's so important, which is interesting to me with Paul. Paul's writing these people that he's never met before, and you don't see him going down the long list of all of his earthly credentials. But yet we do that, don't we? We go down that road. Paul's life is so abandoned to Christ, he says, you know what, if you're going to receive me, you're going to receive Jesus. Because that's who I am. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life moment by moment and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m., at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just 
felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.